Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. Every morning I say, how are you doing? And as if I could hear you answering, but um, through prayer that God encourages each of us. Um, We this week, um, I want to go back to it today. We've been reading through a very important commentary, not really commentary, summary of the points in a most important and I'd say urgent book, which I believe was written two years ago by two daughters of uh, uh, Charles Rich. Am I right on that, Charles Rich? Um, I'll I'll correct myself if that's not right. But um, I'm looking for the publication date here. Um, I think it's about copyright. Um, I don't see the year at the moment, um, partly because of my eyes. I'm going to put my little light on. Um, but it is called Get Out Now, and I'm going to show this to you again. Uh, I've shown it to you the last two mornings. Get Out Now. It is urgent for you to read, to get your, your children uh, out of public school. And it's subtitled, Why You Should Pull Your Child from public school before it is too late. And I've, I've, we've read through the, the, uh, the jacket of the book and the comments on the last page, but the one that I want to repeat is that of um, uh, someone I greatly admire and respect, Anthony Zolan, E-S-O-L-E-N, Ph.D. He's professor of English Renaissance and Classical Literature at the Thomas More College of liberal arts, and he's author of Out of the Ashes, Rebuilding American Culture, but he's author of many other books, including many books on children. And he says this about this book titled Get Out Now. He says, um, uh, I have often said, hang on just a moment, please. I'm going to put a little right down in my little spot where I read. It's dark, so I need to put the slide on. Hold on. Here he goes. And he says, uh, I have often said that there are only two things wrong with our schools, our public schools. Everything the children do not learn there and everything they do. I see now that my diagnosis was far too optimistic for Mary Rice Hassan and Teresa Farnan, those are the two authors of this book, show that the schools are far worse than I had supposed. Get your kids out of there now. Now again, this was written, this is available uh, many places on the internet, so you can, you can get a copy of it. Um, I started reading through it and said, this is, This is amazingly 
tragic and urgent. And I wanted to read through the book for you, through the whole book. Sorry if that little light is in anybody's eyes, <laughs> those who are watching live stream. Um, I wanted to read through the book, and I, um, uh, I realized we'd be here forever if I read through it. And so instead, I've been reading Jim Russell's account of the po- his summary of the points in this book, which I found on the web. I didn't find, I have a subscription to Crisis Magazine, and I get it in my box daily. And if anyone's wondering if um, that's a good source for you, it is. Um, and uh, I, I got this uh, from the web the end of last week. Um, Jim Russell's summary of the book, Get Out Now, uh, and it's, 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 it's urgent. It's urgent, beloved. I won't go back and reread what we've already read, but um, he summed up each chapter, eight chapters, and he finally says, if all these issues, and, and the summary is gender ideology and uh, um, teaching gender ideology, you can uh, determine who you want to be, what you want to be from kindergarten on. It's, it's, um, and what they have the children do. Um, I, I think you'd still be shocked. As bad as things are, I think you'd still be shocked. And the rate at which this is coming upon us, and we have no say anymore and no choice. And Jim Russell says, if all these things seem to lead the reader to a crescendo of discouragement about ever possibly fixing this broken system, that is exactly the hard, cold, and practical reality that the authors want you to face. Not fix it. Not stay in the schools and influence them and fix it. It's too far gone. It's pure evil. That's my comment. I'll continue with Jim Russell. Um, It is simply not worth putting your own children at risk, for example, by saying that as a parent, you'll be part of the system in hopes of bringing change from within. The problem is that the system does not want you to change it and has decades of of safeguards and self-protections built into... um, uh, sorry, built in to keep, uh, built in to keep parents from every ever affecting positive change. Some things are too broken to fix. There is no reasonable hope for addressing all of these issues in the face of a juggernaut that keeps the momentum of this downward spiral going. Beloved, this is not written by lazy people who don't want to get involved. The research in this book is phenomenal. There's over 100 pages of notes that could be a book in themselves. And Jim Russell goes on to say the real tragedy is that any solution is most likely um, generations down the road. It's It's going to take a new civilization, which means that to begin an overhaul now will only make the learning environment of this generation slightly less terrible. 
than the one before it. And that is only if such an overhaul could get launched, despite the overwhelming opposition in place at all levels of the public school system. You see, uh, with every effort we could pour into it, it would make it only slightly less terrible than the preceding generation. It'll still be worse. And the preceding generation was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, This is the last uh, three little paragraphs of this article. Before closing the cover on your copy of Get Out Now, that book, do yourself the favor of carefully reading through the questions answered in the appendix. These are the nitty-gritty practical responses of any parent or concerned citizen who has read the first two parts of the book. The responses provided by the authors are eye-opening and of great practical value. Um, Regnery Publishing and authors Hassan and Farnan have done a great and unfortunately necessary service to parents everywhere. Regardless of religious or cultural background, no parent can afford to ignore their documentation and conclusions regarding something so fundamental as a healthy society and nation. We no longer need merely lament the public education crisis in vague and generic terms. Now, in one book, we have concrete substance upon which to reflect. We truly need to know our ideological enemies in order to confront them in the public square. Last paragraph. He says, but more urgent, more urgently, we parents need to keep our kids out of harm's way. We owe them that, even at great expense to ourselves as moms and dads. Nothing is more crucial than taking seriously the devastating harm present in the public school system. From cover to cover, this work nails it, beginning with its first and most important three words, and that is, parents of public school kids, get out now. Um, There's so much, beloved, in this book that I said yesterday, um, your children are starting school and and maybe they're starting this week, next week. If you are in any position to get them out, to not let them start the year, and to teach them at home, I recommend you do it and not wait another year. If you cannot do that, I would do everything you can to rearrange your lives and not put your children back in school next year or uh, after the first semester in January. You have to get them out. Otherwise, you are putting your children into a moral lion's den, and they will be destroyed. They will be destroyed, and you will not be able to say, I didn't know. You won't be able to say, I didn't know, or no one told me. Well, you will if no one told you, but if you're listening to Station of the Cross and LifeSite News, um, if you're on Mother Miriam Live, you do know. 
you do know. Um, I am going to try to read this to you. Um, This is uh, from the Daily Signal, entitled, Two California Moms Sound the Alarm About Lewd Sex Education Coming to Schools. And this was written, uh, published on the Feast of Our Lady's Assumption, August 15th, this month. Let me see what I can do to read this to you. Um, And it says this, in California... Uh, hold on one minute. Let me just press a little button here. I'm getting used to technology just a tiny bit. Okay. In California, thanks to the passage of a new law, there is now what is called comprehensive sex ed. Now, this is in California. It's happening now. It's not planned for the future. It's current. And... Um, uh, This is not something to think about. This is serious, beloved. Um, It is extremely unpleasant stuff. Today, uh, the, the author here is Daniel Davis, and he says, Today we'll speak to two parents from Rockland, California, who are leading parent opposition in their community to what they consider obscene and pornographic curriculum. They'll explain the concerning details about the content that could soon reach more dangerous classrooms across America. It already is, beloved. It's already reaching across America. Your child is not going to be exempt. Daniel Davis says, I'm joined, uh, now this was a phone interview, but transcribed. He's joined by uh, two parents where local public schools are set to implement a new and frankly shocking sex ed curriculum for kids. Now, maybe I'm turning Mother Miriam live into an R-rated program. I don't want to do that. But at the risk of parents putting their children into the furnace, you have to listen to this. And you don't have to listen to this, but that's why I'm risking telling you this over the air. And um, it's in the newspapers. It's not secret. But if your children are listening uh, to you, or with you rather, um, below what you think is an appropriate age, uh, maybe you could uh, uh, not have them listen uh, to this program with you uh, today. Because I'm going to uh, read you what these two mothers have said about what is being taught to the children in the California schools Today, the parents are Rachel and Courtney, and they're affiliated with a group called Informed Parents of Rockland. They requested, um, let's see now, okay, he just goes on, thank you both for calling today, it's a radio program. And so Davis writes this, how did you both become aware of this new sex ed curriculum, and what motivated you to take action. And they said this. Now, beloved, this is a week ago. This is current. Courtney says, we met a couple of years ago. We actually met at a school board meeting where our children were attending a school that facilitated a lesson in kindergarten on transgenderism. And since then, we've just been paying attention to the changes in education in the state and have been researching 
and trying to inform other parents about what's being taught. Now, I read through this article, beloved, and nowhere does it say that these two women have taken their children out of school. They're watching how serious it's getting. They're reporting on it, all of that. It does not say that they've removed their children from the class. And I pray, dear Courtney and Rachel, you have done that. And I pray that every parent has done that in California. Rachel says, for me, um, last year it became personal because my son was in seventh grade. And our district, in our district, they do sex ed in seventh grade and ninth grade. She said, I had heard that they had changed the sex ed curriculum the year before. So I, of course, wanted to know what that was about and went to the parent information night that they held for us uh, in school. You know, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking this might be inappropriate uh, to, to read to you publicly, but anyone who thinks it's inappropriate to read to you publicly and still has your children in the school, there's a great mystery there, if not contradiction. It shouldn't be said verbally, and yet your children are being taught this, not just verbally, but physically, I'm telling you, physically being taught this. It's it's a crisis, beloved. Um, not that's going to happen. It's current. Um. Rachel says, even though there were about 500 seventh grade students at the school, there were only about 20 parents in the room. It was kind of shocking to me because I knew that this was new, a new curriculum. The sex ed curriculum used to be two or three videos that they show the kids, she says. And the parents would come and preview the videos and know exactly what our kids will be taught. But now, with the new curriculum, it's 13 lessons, not two or three. And can you imagine 13 lessons on sex ed videos being shown children and parents not even knowing what it's about and and previewing it and approving it? This is Twilight Zone. Parents have given up parenting, and they're throwing their children to a culture that is beyond death. Your children will be alive, but they will be dead inside. They will be taught this sort of degradation, debauchery, and everything against God's plan. And Rachel says, so for 13 whole 45-minute periods, they're teaching our kids comprehensive sex ed. That's 10 hours of information. Of course, there's no way, she says, for parents to know everything that's going to be taught in a one-hour parent information meeting. So very little of the material is presented to the parents, and of course, they don't tell you the worst of it. But see, the parents are in charge, not the teachers. If you put your child in any school where you don't have say over the curriculum, you pull your child out. God has given you the stewardship of raising children. He has not given them to the teachers or the schools or the church. He's given them to you. And you will be accountable, dear parents, uh, before God 
for your children's education. And Rachel says, so that night, even though I knew better, I was kind of thinking to myself, oh, this actually isn't as bad as I thought, you see, because a one-hour presentation is going to be uh, everything that is going to be approved. Um, It's deceitful. She said, but then they give the parents a chance to look through this binder. It's a three-inch binder of these 13 lessons. Well, at least they do that. And she said, the parents were coming over saying to me, hey, did you see that there was anal sex and oral sex in here? These are children, beloved. Pictures of anal and oral sex. I can't stand saying the words. I can't stand reading this to you. I don't even like the word sex being said. Because if you read the whole Bible, the word's not used, and unless it's a new, uh, corrupted translation. We talk about Adam knew his wife Eve, and the word to know is an intimate knowing. There's different words for know in Scripture. Adam knew his wife, and they conceived. That's appropriate. Or they were intimate. But this is degraded We've become utterly degraded, and I'm telling you, I can't stand even reading this to you. But it's happening, beloved. It's happening now. Um, It's in place. It's current. And the parents would say, did you see this activity where they ask the kids to imagine they are a different gender? This is current information, current curriculum in California. We're just kind, she says, of pouring through this information, trying to get what we can, and we asked if we could get a copy of it to review at home because it's so much, and they told us no. But they were, we were welcome to come back to the office and look through it at any time. I tell you what, that one sentence that we already read would be enough to pull my child out. You're not showing my child pictures of anal and oral sex, and you're not teaching transgenderism to my little five-year-old in kindergarten. Since then, Rachel says, we actually have bought the books. Courtney and I and a few of us have been reading over the curriculum and researching other curricula that are being used across the state of California. Parents don't realize that it's not just that three-inch binder of 13 lessons. Children also have access to slides that parents don't see when they go into the office to view the curriculum. In order to view the slides, you actually have to have a code. So most parents are not seeing that material, and that's where we found some of the most objectionable things. Parents also do not understand that there is a list of resources that our kids are given, and if you follow those links, you go down this rabbit hole that leads to some pretty shocking things. Beloved, if you're a parent, you have a vocation. Your vocation is not your career. Your vocation is to make your children saints. 
and to raise them. That's your vocation. And money should never hold you back. Nothing should hold you back. Absolutely nothing. Not a women's group, not a Bible study at church, not a volunteer work, um, not a good-paying job. Uh, Nothing should hold you back from bringing your children home and giving them an education or finding a school um, that is going to not corrupt them, that is not going to corrupt them. And if you find a Catholic school that you can afford, you better know the material as well because they brought sex ed into Catholic schools and debased programs like CORE, C-O-R-E, that simply ruins your children and does not teach them who they are, who America is, it destroys history so they can have control over the children's minds. The interviewer, Danielle, said, yeah, you mentioned a few th- of those things. Um, this is something we've seen in several school districts across the country. A couple of months ago, we had a lady who was fighting a similar, similar battle, a similar battle in Arlington, Virginia, public schools, and very concerned about the material. There's our music for our break, beloved. We're going to stop there. You may say, well, I'm glad you're stopping, but I tell you what, you may say that after 15 minutes, but your children are going to be subjected to it six, eight hours a day if you don't take them out. Um, The school will not ruin your children. You will for putting them there. It's very serious, beloved. Okay, call in with anything on your heart, 1-877-511-5483, toll free, text at that number as well, or email. If you want to know when we air a particular program each week, view our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, or on our app, iCatholicRadio. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you. This is Father Yatsuk Mazur. Please join me in a prayer honoring St. Rose of Lima. God our Father, for love of you, St. Rose gave up everything to devote herself to a life of penance. By the help of her prayers, may we imitate her selfless way of life on earth and enjoy the fullness of your blessings in heaven. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, 
who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm delighted to be with you, and we have a full half hour now to ourselves for you to call in or text or email with anything on, that's on your heart. It could be our subject, it, it, but the, the main thing is that it needs to be your subject, whatever is on your heart. Call in or text toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have a call from Karen from Rochester. Hi, Karen. Good morning, Mother Miriam. Good, God bless good. you. Um, Thank you, dear. I am calling for a friend of mine who works during the day. Um, she, <clears throat> she is trying to be a good daughter to her 85-year-old mother. She is... <clears throat> the mother is a nominal Catholic... She is my friend. Um, my friend is the only. Tr- she's a she's a revert. She's been she's come back to the faith after kind of twenty years in the evangelical world, I believe. And she's wanting to support. She's wanting to do right by her mother. The problem is is that her mother. Her mother attends a pretty much female led you know, um, church with, um, you know, the, the altar girls with dirty sneakers and just a, a sort of an upsetting experience for my friend. But she's, she's committed, off and on, she's committed to bring her mother to her church once per month. And then the other three times she, go, she attends her Latin Mass community. But she, it, there's a real... But the mother's going to the Novus Ordo, the daughter attends a Latin Mass community, and goes with her mother. Her mother comes with her to the Latin Mass once a month. No, she does not come to the Latin Mass once a month. What what were you talking about once a month? The daughter goes with the mother to the Novus Ordo once a month? The the daughter takes the mother to her her Novus Ordo church that she's gone to for years. Every week? Every week she takes her? No, not every week. Once once a month. Okay, go ahead now. Take her once a month. Um, She... Now, why does the daughter take her once a month? How does her mother get to church the other three weeks of the month? You know, there are four other children, and none of them even speak the word Catholic. No, so, no. My question yes. to you, Karen, is does her... So, in other words, her mother only goes to Mass once a month when the daughter takes her? She, um, yes. And in fact, this last time when, when her daughter did not take her, her mother told her, Sunday has become the worst day of the week because I'm not going to church. Well, that's true. Um how how far is the daughter from the mother? How far apart do they live? Um, they don't live that far apart physically. T- 
10 minutes, half hour, an hour? I would say have 15 minutes at the moment. Okay, that's fine. So, so the daughter knows that uh, the entire month her mother only goes to Mass. Her mother goes to Mass only when she takes her to that Novus Ordo yes. uh, place. Yes. Okay, so what's the question now? And the other children are not involved. They're not Catholic. The her other children the- are not interested okay. in supporting. Yes. Okay, go um, ahead. So for my friend... She's not seeing. She's not seeing any. I guess, uh, you know, my, her her mom votes. Um, okay, let uh, Karen, sweetheart, because we yeah. have other callers and other emails. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you try to sum it up and get to the particular question. Her mom is okay, obviously, like you said, is- your mom is a her mom is a nominal Catholic. And mm-hmm. doesn't vote in a Catholic way mm-hmm. and doesn't know the faith and okay. all of that, but still considers yeah. herself Catholic. And your friend who has reverted to the faith is really distressed about that. So yeah. now what is the question? The question is, she periodically gets so overwhelmed with having... She to is her, your friend? Yes. To uh-huh. take her to the Novus Ordo that she, she backs off of it and says, I can't do it. And then she'll, she, and she feels a lot of tension and a lot of stress about it. So I guess I was not able to tell her anything and was looking to you to give her some. Okay. Does she have an I obligation would... to her 85-year-old mother? Well, it, it's, a, it's, it's a rough situation, but um, I would say that her mother is her priority uh, but I would say to her mother, Mom, I would take you every week with me, but I will not go to your church. Oh, okay. That's what I would do. I say, Mom, I love you, but the church you're going to, uh, I I cannot handle the irreverence at the church. There you go. Um, Thank you. And... Um, I want to come, and you know, Mom, you're Catholic. As long as you can get to church, it's a very grave sin for you not to go to church. I will come every single Sunday and take you to church, but you need to come with to with me to my church. And Mom, you may not understand it at first. It's going to be foreign, but uh, many people have come to love it after a time. Give it a try. Give it a try, Mom. Come for three months, and you don't want to after that. You don't need to, but give it a try. Okay. Thank you, Mother Miriam. All right, Karen. God bless you, dear one. Um, we have a call from Tom in Topsfield, Massachusetts. Hi, Tom. Hello, Mother. How are you today? I'm, I'm very good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. Mother, I have, I have two sons, age 13, and in another week, one will be 16. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both reverent boys. They're, and I have friends who are Catholic but are pressuring me to provide my older son, at least, with contraception and instruction on how to use it. Now, I've already talked to my son about the intimate act how that's a gift from God between you and between a man and his wife, how it's used to 
bond the marriage together and to make children. That's it. Life-giving love. Right. Um, And mother, all of my friends, not all of my friends, but many of them pressure us to provide uh, our children with contraception. Okay. My friends tell me chastity does not work, but... My son is chased and he's not gotten anyone pregnant yet because... Yeah, chastity does work. What doesn't work is not practicing chastity. Um, Tom, uh, there's a music for our break. I have an answer for you. Can you hold on? I will hold, Mother. Thank you. Okay, sweetheart. Thank you. And beloved, uh, if you wish to call in with anything on your heart, now during this break is a, a perfect time. Um, the toll-free number to call or text, one 877 511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com We'll be right back. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. of iCatholic Radio are raving about our app in the iTunes and Google Play stores. One user says, It's exactly what I was looking for since having a closer walk with my Lord and my God. Great app for the living Catholic. Praise God. Nancy says, This is the best app. I have become a regular listener to it. I use it every day. I also play it all night long while we sleep. Get this app and use it. It will change your life for the better. Another user recommends iCatholic Radio, saying, So sweet a sound. This has allowed me to listen to Catholic Radio when I travel. What an awesome learning tool. Thank you. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, what are you waiting for? Visit your iTunes or Google Play store today. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live, and we have this last 15-minute segment left, and you are most welcome to call in with anything on your heart, uh, toll-free or text at one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. Tom, my dear one, are you there? 
<clears throat> I am still here. Okay. Uh, for those of you who didn't join us before the break, Tom is from uh, Massachusetts and has two young sons, 13 and one becoming 16 soon, um, who are living a chaste life. But he has friends who are pressuring him to uh, provide his sons with instruction for contraception. Is is that it in a nutshell? <clears throat> that is correct, Mother. And you want to know what to do about your friends. Uh, Tom, right? I know what any, to do about my son. Of course, right? of course. Tom, your friends claim to be Catholic. Uh, some of them do. Okay, um, the ones that do not, the ones that are not Catholic, you just say to them, uh, "It's a simple issue for us that contraception is uh, not allowed uh, in moral teaching." And uh, it's a grave, grave sin to enter into contraception and interfere with the marital act. So you're not Catholic, you don't understand that, but we are Catholic and we choose to remain so. End of story. Um, For your Catholic friends, say, you know, you consider yourself Catholic, and yet you want me to send my sons to hell. And they're going to be shocked at that, but that's exactly the case. You say to them, you're Catholic, do you not know that contraception would be a mortal sin? You want my me to instruct my sons how to be on the road to hell by committing mortal sin. What's the problem? There's no love in that. There's no safety in hell. See what I mean? Chastity doesn't count yeah. in hell. I would be very clear with them. I will. Okay. Thank <laughs> Okay, sweetie. For, my son. for your sons and you, uh, in God giving you wisdom and strength to uh, assist them, absolutely. God bless you. Thank you. Mom. God bless you, Tom. We have an email from John that I read yesterday, and it was right at the end of the program. It was so quick. Um, I'm going to read through it quickly today. Uh, because I think there was at least one response I could have given John yesterday. Our time was too short. John says, hi, I'm glad I could write to someone. My wife and I adopted um, from Catholic Charities a three-month-old baby boy in 1986. Choosing him was easy as he uh, has my goddaughter's birthday. I guess God made it easy for us to do that. We knew the birth mother had a mental and nervous issue. We were never sure what that issue was, but now we know it's it's something on the autism spectrum. And she said her he says or she he's saying my wife. So he says our son has Asperger's. He is our only child. We have had 9-11 here at our home at least 30 times. The last time he was arrested and then his record was wiped clean. So I'm guessing he's an adult now and on his own. And um, he says, this gentleman, in 2012, my wife had a stroke, which was probably contributed to by our son that day. She has received pretty much, however, she has recovered pretty much, however, and she is a different person and wife uh, and mother today. <clears throat> my wife always had problems with our son. And after her stroke, it has gotten worse. She cannot deal to- or tolerate him. She starts crying right away, and she says the wrong things to our son that only makes matters worse. 
you have to be real slick, sly, dealing with someone on the autism spectrum. Our son is attempting independent living. He is having issues and does want to come to our house and stay for the weekends. He still needs us. The state of Connecticut has provided him a social worker and a team of social workers, which has helped but continues to have issues. He continues to have issues. My wife has moved some 1,200 miles away to Florida. She is 70. I am manning the fort. My first thought is to find a replacement mom, which wouldn't be easy. I'm 64. We are not divorced, but my wife wishes me well. Our son lives seven miles from our house. We both struggle with depression and other medical issues. This is a real uh, sad situation. Any suggestions? And he says, for your information, since the stroke, my wife has memory issues uh, and counseling has never worked. This is a rough thing. To begin with, no, do not get a replacement mom. You're, you're, that's out of the question. You're not divorced. You're not separated. Your wife is uh, in Florida, but you don't bring another woman in to live in the house. The fact that your son lives seven miles from your home um, in, in some form of uh, government help, um, let's see, uh, from a social worker, that's pretty good. That means he can pretty much handle it on his own. He wants to come home weekends, but you cannot handle him coming home on weekends. And you need to tell him that. You need to say, son, we absolutely love you, but your mom has many problems, uh, mental, emotional, psychological problems, and just can't handle uh, everyone being in the house together. So, uh, you need to live apart, and perhaps you, what you need to do, perhaps if you can, is speak to his social worker um, and just have an afternoon visit on a weekend, a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. That's it. Don't let him stay overnight, not a whole day. Let him come for lunch or let him come for church or let him come for an afternoon visit, uh, and that's it. And so you're not rejecting him, but he cannot stay with you on weekends. Ask the social worker for counsel and ask the social worker to help him to know those boundaries and just say to him, um, your mother is ill, uh, your parents are ill now, they, they just can't handle um, having you there on the weekends, but they love you and why don't you have lunch with them once a week on Sunday or something like that. Maybe something like that. Maybe something like that would work. Um, I talk to the social worker, John, and see what counsel that social worker might have. <clears throat> we have a call from Rick in California. Hi, Rick. Oh, hi, Mother. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you, dear? Oh, we're doing good. Bless you for everything that you do online. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Go ahead with we your question. That, my, my sons and I, we <laughs> altar serve at our church. And on Sunday's um, gospel, when the priest was up there trying to give his homily, he didn't really give a homily. He couldn't explain to the parishioners what the gospel of Luke was trying to interpret, you know, throughout the whole years, I guess. Um, he wanted to get a black marker and mark out where... Uh, Christ would come with fire 
and he didn't want to explain why uh, Jesus would divide the house with more than five, you know, father against son, son-in-law against uh, father. Um, he didn't want to explain the whole gospel. And it now, was kind are of you tell? Is this your? Uh, did he tell the congregation this? That he yes, doesn't ma'am. understand it, and he wants to get a black marker and mark it out. You're serious. Yes, How old ma'am. is this priest? How yes. old is he? Um, he's local. He's from where we're. He's originally from the city we live in now. No. How old um, is he? Oh, he's in his. I, I would say his sixties. Wow. He should not be a priest. Oh my goodness. And then he and then he also said the same thing at the nine o'clock mass because since my sons and I we also serve in the morning at seven, my wife went to the nine o'clock mass and he said the same thing. He said he wanted to use a red marker to cross out what is said in the gospel. And he says and because I, he doesn't yeah. understand it or because he disagrees or what? He, he he disagrees with what he with what it was explaining, but I found something online explaining it. And of I, course, I I, oh. I I understood clearly. Oh, exactly Rick, there's the, no the there's no reason any priest. There's so many commentaries and sources, and there are even a subscription a priest can get to a Sunday homily that gives him the homily for the whole year. He doesn't even have to make it up. And, um, and since we've been listening to you lately, you've been pointing out a lot of things. He cracks jokes on the alt- on the altar. He tries to make the, the parishioners laugh. Um, I tell you like what, he, he like should be bird. removed. A lot of he, sh- he should be removed. I, I so, totally agree with you. Yeah, the first do thing we, I do would do... Write, go do ahead. we write a letter to him saying, as parishioners, we're unhappy with how you're leading the church? And second, do we write a, a letter to the diocese? Um, I would... If you you need, if you can, to speak with him in person and not simply say you're unhappy with his leadership, you're unhappy with his priesthood, you need to say to him, Father, you're disagreeing with the word of God, not just the church. The church is the word of God, but you're disagreeing with yes. scripture, infallible scripture. Um, we don't understand everything, but there's plenty of commentaries and you have a position of teaching us. So not only are you not teaching us, but you're teaching us that we can discard and put red and black markers through whatever we don't like or understand. Uh, And you're really putting a black marker on God. And so that's one thing. You know, we come to church. It's irreverent. We don't. uh, It's very hard on us when you crack jokes and all of that. And see what his response is. And if he says, you know what, I never realized anyone cared or this would be the response, I'll change, I promise you. If he if he repents and he'll do it, great. If he doesn't, then say to him, Father, um, number one, we certainly can't continue to come to this parish, um, but we're going to go to the bishop. Tell, always tell a priest that you're going to do that. That's Matthew chapter 18. First, you go to the one that's in sin and your priest is in sin. And then you tell him that if he doesn't get it, if he doesn't understand it, if he doesn't agree, you're going to need to take it to the bishop. Now, wherever you live, the bishop may, I don't know that your bishop will do anything in this day and age, but you've followed the proper protocol and then take your family to a different church. Before we run out of time, there has been a parishioner that brought to his attention that his priesthood wasn't what it was, and he was trying to blame us as the parishioners being sinners 
that it's up to us to change the church. But with well, his leadership, yeah, how can, that's why I how say don't make it? yeah don't make comments on him as a priest or his leadership. Don't do that. Um, okay. Tell him, yeah, spe- because the, parish- but the parishioner had did, had did that before, and he he said that to the congregation. Someone had brought it to my attention, and she no longer attends this. She shouldn't attend the parish. But the thing is, you don't want to accuse the priest um, of being a bad priest or poor leadership. It's passing judgment on him. You don't want to do that. You're not going to solve anything. You need to come to him, not with his problem, with your problem. You need to say, Father, we we are grieved at this when you let us know that we should put red and black marks through scripture that we don't understand or agree with when it's the word of God. What are we supposed to do? Are we to follow your example? And is that the homily you want us to have on Sunday? And it offends us when you crack jokes during the mass. Keep it on you. Keep it on you. Um, Rather than judging him because he'll just uh, just uh, how do I say, blow it away, as he has. He's going to be defensive. Mm-hmm. So tell him of the course. specific issues that are hurting you and your family. And uh, and he says, well, that's no one's told me that before, whatever. Obviously, that's not true. You could say, Father, uh, we're not the only ones that think that. Don't say that unless he comes back at you. But go to him okay. sp- specifically. If a sheep goes to a shepherd, um, I broke my leg and I can't walk on it. Uh, you told me simply to uh, not use the leg, and I haven't, but it hasn't healed it. You know, uh, there's got to be another solution, <laughs> Father. You know, so um, I would yes, go Lord. and tell him your specific problems uh, in bringing your family there. Okay. Okay. All Will right. Do. Good. All right. God bless you, Rick. God bless you. God bless one. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. There's our ending music, beloved. Um, I. Let me see. Now we don't even have time for a quick email. So we will pick up tomorrow uh, where we left off on the emails today. Joan, you're next. Um, And um, uh, I pray that any of you, I think of Tom's call, anyone who has so-called friends that urge you to get your teenage sons or daughters into contraception, you tell them that they are telling you to send your children to hell. You need to wake them up uh, to what is Catholic. And they're probably using it in their marriage. You need to wake them up and get them on the road to heaven. God bless you. We'll speak with all of you tomorrow.